Imagine that you're creeping through the forest with your rifle in hand, looking for a deer to bag and bring home for the season. Something that'll surely feed yourself and your friends and family for many months on end. But suddenly, you hear a twig snap. You ready your rifle thinking, finally, this is gonna be your buck, only to notice there's something not quite right with that deer. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true hunting horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. Now, as always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, please be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, without further ado, let us jump to these creepy and allegedly true hunting horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. This happened directly to me. At the time of this story, I was 12 years old and I lived in California. For a summer trip, my family and I flew to Boise, Idaho, and for a week we would stay with my cousins. We stayed at their house for two days, and then came the best part. Until, well, what happened, that is. On the third day, we drove to a small city in the Rocky Mountains of central Idaho. They owned a cabin in Ketchum. The first day was full of fishing at nearby lakes, playing games and meeting a few of the neighbors on the small street. Everyone was very friendly and it was amazing. I thought nothing could go wrong. Before I say any more, here's a layout of the area. The room where I slept was at the back of the cabin. There was no fence at the back of the backyard because it was on the bank of a cold river. Directly on the other side of the river was a vast mountain covered by a thick forest of pine trees. There's a small path that starts on the river's other side, but there is no bridge that exists. One is a quarter of a mile down the road in front of our house. I went to bed that night. I woke up sometime around 2am needing to use the bathroom. I got up and did my thing and returned to my room. I felt hot when I got into bed, so I opened my window. Not 15 minutes after I opened my window, I heard the terrifying screech come from the forest. It was a raspy but high-pitched sound. I know for a fact it was not that of a human. I've listened to stories from horror narration YouTube channels like Swamp Dweller, and often they describe creatures that will make weird noises that sound human but aren't quite human. I heard it once more, but this time it was closer. In the morning when I woke up, we explored around the town. We were getting ready to do our nightly hunting trip. At 7pm, my sister and my cousins got our parents' permission to go explore the forest with us. I was uneasy considering I had heard creepy human-like noises in the night before, and it was nearing nighttime now, I was scared we would meet whatever was making those noises. My oldest cousin, Alex, who was 16, took a loaded pistol, a lighter, and a backpack of snacks. I carried a hunting knife and a flashlight. Just to let you guys know, we were hunting squirrels, and I know, before anybody says anything, this was not very effective, I understand. My other cousin, who was the same age as me, Julia, just brought a flashlight along. My sister Brianna and my other cousin Karina, who was about 10 years old, took extra batteries and a small bag of candy for whatever reason. We made our way across the bridge at the end of the street and back to the path on the other side of the river and came across from the house. 
All of us began the hike to the top of the mountain. We made it to the top of Bald Mountain in about an hour and a half. The view from 9,000 feet up was absolutely incredible. At 8.55 p.m., Alex and I figured it was time to head down and ordered the group back to the path. Now, we didn't see many squirrels, but we were hearing them all around us. We did see a few of them jumping when the sun was just setting, and we did take a few shots, but I don't think we ever hit any. At this point, it was dark now and the sun had fully set. Julia and I had turned on our flashlight and shined them ahead as we walked. Some halfway down the mountain, about 45 minutes into the walk, I got that dreadful feeling you get when you know you're being watched and or followed. Just a few seconds later, something hiding in the bushes a few yards into the tree line bordering the path ran off on our right. I brushed it off as some small animal about five minutes after this incident though, we heard something that still makes me tingle with fear. My heart instantly dropped to my stomach. It was that same horrifying screech from the night before, echoing through the forest from maybe a mile away. I told everyone we needed to move faster, and we did. It went off again, but closer. Again, it would repeat this until again it was getting closer and closer every single time. Whatever that thing was, it was moving much faster than us. We were full-on speedwalking by then. That still was not fast enough because soon the screeching stopped and we heard loud footsteps 30 yards off to the right. I got that feeling of being watched again. Alex had his gun at the ready and fired two shots in the general direction of the footsteps, which I know is unsafe. Please, we don't need any lectures. The creature backed off, but I still sensed we were being watched even though we thought he was gone. The river caught me and everyone else by surprise as the river came into sight. I heard the path gravel crunching behind us. I looked back and in the darkness I saw the outline of something that resembled a human and maybe a deer. It was about 200 yards between us. I told Alex and his face went pale when he looked behind us. We told the rest of the group quietly and on three we all ran toward the river. Whatever that thing was, it was swift. When we reached the river, there wasn't time to get to the bridge that was a quarter of a mile farther along the river because this thing was already catching up fast. We jumped in and swam across the ice cold water. It got to the... It got to the river just as we made it to the bank and into the backyard. Julia and I shined our flashlight and finally got a good look at it. It was a massive hairy creature that was about seven feet tall. It had huge, razor-sharp claws like a bear. Its eyes glowed red, and it had the antlers of a deer. Alex took another shot at it, and it darted off with one final screech. We all looked at each other in pure terror and shock and utter surprise. Alex explained everything to our parents. They didn't know what to make of it and never heard anything of it. I'm thankful nothing ever happened to us and I noticed that we never saw the creature ever again. If I had not noticed that creature that night, I don't know what would have happened to us. About five years back, my dad wanted to take me on a hunting trip. We also brought our dog. My dad got us to our getaway home in the Carpathians, and we were going to spend four days there. This was in the fall. The first day wasn't so bad because we just ate and watched movies. 
but we hiked up the mountain the second day to set up camp for hunting. The night of day two came, and we had our night vision goggles on. My dad had those, and he's a badass for that. We also had hunting rifles and the like. We were posted up on a hill surveying the area for game. It got suspicious out there when out of nowhere we heard the loudest scream I have ever heard in my life. It sounded far away, but it came from just down the mountain. Scared absolutely crapless, the both of us could not make it back to the cabin because of the rain, so we stayed at the camp and slept it out. I could barely sleep. My dad brought the dog to his tent, so I was alone in mine. About four in the morning, I hear sticks breaking outside my tent. Then, right outside of my tent, I hear rustling. I'm nearly about to pee myself, and I heard a loud breathing and groaning sound for about an hour before it randomly stopped. The following day, my dad told me he listened to the whole thing, and we both agreed to go back to the cabin. On day three, we were surveying the area again, as there was a deer we spotted eating breakfast. My dad went back to track it and told me to stay with the dog, so I did. It was when I was alone that things really got wild. I was sitting in the driveway and we heard a loud bang from the cabin and jumped up from my seat and ran inside the house with my gun. What I saw absolutely horrified me. The front window was smashed. I found nothing inside either. When my dad got back, he thought maybe some guy threw a rock at the house, but I told him there wasn't a brick or a stone or anything, and he didn't believe me. On the night of day three, I sat upstairs looking out the window with the goggles on, and suddenly I thought I saw something moving like 30 feet away in the trees. I took out the video camera we used for the deer and zoomed in with it. I checked the footage in the morning and it was too dark to really see anything, but I transferred it to my phone and brightened it, and I could kind of see something. It kind of looked like a person, at least the outline of them. They were cloaked really well, but you could kind of see wrinkly legs and what looked like eyes that appeared in the footage. They just stood amongst the trees and shuffled off, looking directly at the camera seemingly. As the night of day four came, things seemingly calmed down, but I was still too scared to really go outside. The dog was still out there though and started barking like crazy and ran into the grove at some point. We never saw our dog again, unfortunately. My dad refuses to talk about this trip at family gatherings, and honestly, I just hope this story can help people and hopefully maybe figure out what the heck this was. ADD really makes it hard to focus on recording these episodes sometimes, and I can find it a struggle all day to sit down and get an episode knocked out for you all. I was notorious for running around the house and doing every other task I didn't need to do before the one I needed to do the most. Luckily, I found this little elixir called Magic Mind. Honestly, it's helped me be able to focus and even kick that energy drink addiction that I had and still feel energized. I found this little shot improved my morning so much that I love it and I take it with me everywhere and drink it whenever I need an energy boost. Magic Mind replaced my coffee and my energy drinks. And not only that, it helped me with my anxiety, it helped me with my jitters and crashes. Plus, with the L-theanine inside, it helps your body produce a less cortisol, therefore stressing you out much less. I'm more creative due to the nootropics inside that allow you to focus while not being anxious and enter your flow state easier. 
I just feel all around that this helps my memory due to the Bacopa Maneri inside, which is known to help with long-term memory. If you're like me, I totally recommend you go check out magicmind.co slash swamped to get 40% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. My 40% off code only lasts 10 days, so hurry up and get it while it lasts. Again, go to magicmind.co slash swamped and get 40% off your first subscription or 20% off your first time purchase. This only lasts for 10 days, so hurry up and get it while it lasts. So my buddies and I decided to go to a camping and hunting trip. Jeff decided we were going to go camping and we were headed out to the mountains of West Virginia for turkey hunting. My buddy owns this cabin and guys, it's fantastic. Two rooms, a kitchen with a 19th century wood stove and an oven, and a back room with two bunk beds. I have lived there full time before, and it's just a lot of fun. We all brought turkey guns, basic 12 gauges, Mossbergs, and Remingtons, and of course our wealthy friend got a Bernelli M4 because he's not the brightest and it's all he had, quote unquote. But we also took others. I took my Ruger, AR-556, a base model AR-15, and my Glock 19X. Why? Because why not? I'm in the mountains, and I'm probably never going to see a turkey. Might as well just target shoot. Day one, we drink. That had always been the intention. Turkey schmirky. We brought six cases of Miller High Life. Now I know it's not the best beer, but it is what we could afford. We also had a case of one and a half liter bottles of Old Grandad. Now, I know what you're thinking. Drinking whiskey and beer along with guns is not a good mixture, but we don't mess around with guns when we drink. Now, after a beer or two, yeah, we'll do some target shooting. But when the whiskey comes out, the guns go away. Shortly after those escapades, we all relieved our bladders and went to bed. Day 2. We had phones, but no service, so we turned them off to conserve battery. It was around 11 a.m. when I first woke up. There was shuffling and scratching outside. I blinked around and I looked around my space as my eyes adjusted. I saw Kyle on the floor, Alex on the bottom bunk and Jeff in the bottom bunk across the room. I glanced out the window and I saw something. It's hard to explain and the easiest way to describe it is to say that it was a shadow, just a shadow. So I went back to sleep. As day two actually began to start, we woke up dressed in our hunting garb and cooked eggs, god-tier sausage gravy, on the antique stove like real men. As bad as the story gets, the breakfast was actually terrific. We got our turkey guns, all legal loadout, but for some reason I can't explain why, I had five double-zero buckshot shells in my pocket. Sun comes up and there's no turkeys. The sun starts to go down and still no turkeys. We decide to call it a day and grab some drinks. Less than five minutes from the cabin, we hear this roar. All four of us drop to the ground like some troglodyte instinct type stuff. We tried to get to cover from whatever this thing was. We gather up and Jeff says, I have no idea where that bear is, but it's got to be close. Stay low, stay quiet, and move quickly. We all nod and I pump the turkey load out of my gun. Every single pump sounded like a gunshot to me, and after every shot shell I loaded made the loudest clunk I had ever heard. We make our way back to the cabin and I immediately give my 12 gauge to Jeff and pick up my car. It was just a bear. It was just a bear. It was just a bear. 
We all knew that was no damn bear. After nothing seemingly happened for about an hour, we emptied the double zero buckshot out of my Mossberg and put it in Alex's Bernelli. We were freaked out, but we were just hoping for the best. Night two. We were all very well freaked out, but we were all well armed inside, and nothing else had happened for quite some time. We had water and we had beer. Eventually, nature called, and the cabin only had an outhouse. Don't be scared, go pee. That was the last thing I ever said to Alex. We watched it happen. Worse, we heard it. We opened the window facing the outhouse to cover him. It was a half joke, you know? Nothing was supposed to happen. Nothing was going to happen. We watched him walk towards the outhouse, and whatever this was leaped on him. A shadow, a void, left on top of Alex and began tearing. My hobby is shooting, and I'm great at it. It took me a second to recover from the shock, and I opened fire. I hit this thing with every freaking shot, and it did not matter. It didn't matter enough. It drug Alex away screaming until a savage crunch ended the screams. The three of us stayed up all night, guns pointed out the doors and windows. Pretty sure we had all pissed ourselves at some point. I know I did. Day three. We ventured out. Guns were drawn. We aren't military trained, so it probably looked more like Meal Team 6 instead of SEAL Team 6. I'm still crying. We circle back to the outhouse in a loose triangle formation, and there is a lot of blood. A trail leading into the woods. We packed up our stuff and drove back to town. It took two hours driving until our phones got a signal. We called 911 and told them everything that had happened. They never found Alex's body besides the blood, and everybody says it was just a crazy, crazy bear attack. And maybe it was. But that must be one juggernaut of a bear. Let me start by saying that this is a true story that happened to me when I was 13 years old. I'm now 27. Whether you believe it or not is up to you entirely. My dad used to be part of a small hunting club in Alabama. Just a handful of guys he grew up with. Once a year he would drive to the small town of Elba to camp for a few days and go hunting. The club owned a few different areas of land around the city and club members would go tracking there. One of these pieces of land was nicknamed the cemetery because it had a cemetery. Nothing creepy about the cemetery in particular. It was in the woods and the graves were of an enslaver. Now in this area of land nicknamed the cemetery, there are five or six green fields, a cleared out piece with no trees, grass, and a buck hut to hunt in. A buck hut is a treehouse you sit in and wait to walk out into the green field. This evening, we were going to hunt on a Greenfield 1. The plot is directly behind the old cemetery. The evening started off normal enough. My dad parked the truck and we walked down the trail to the buck hut. We climbed up and started to wait and watch the woods. Some time passed and my dad said he was going to go for a short walk to see if he may see any deer on the trail. Keep in mind, I'm only about 13 years old at the time. It's not that big of a deal as I've hunted by myself before, and I'm not afraid of being alone in the woods. Besides, it was still pretty light out. So I said okay, and he climbed down. It was just me, my 32 caliber Marlin rifle, the grass field in front of me, and the dense woods around me. This is where things start to get strange. I sat there for what felt like an eternity. 
It was now almost twilight, and I was starting to grow concerns for my dad because he had still not come back. I was worried that something might have happened to him. Even though he's an experienced hunter, I worried that he may have been lost or gotten hurt somewhere on the trail. The woods had been dead silent though, and I know he would probably shoot off a warning shot if he was lost. I tried to rationalize and figured maybe he had found a decent spot that he wanted to hunt until twilight or dusk hour of the day because that's prime time for hunting. So I focused my attention on the grass field in front of me, just watching and listening and waiting for a deer to walk out in the field as the light of the day began to fade. Just then across the field I saw and heard some brush moving and breaking. The thought did cross my mind that it could be my dad but for some reason I just highly doubted it. There was just no way it could be him. That would be incredibly dangerous and stupid. I raised up my rifle and pulled back the hammer, aimed it at the moving brush and patiently waited for what I hoped was a deer to walk out. But, instead of a deer, a girl floated out of the woods and onto the grassy field. She was transparent white with long flowing dress and long white hair. She floated from one side of the field to the other and disappeared back into the woods. I watched for what felt like a minute or two, but I couldn't tell you exactly how long it was. I could not believe my freaking eyes. I was petrified for some reason. Now I wanted my dad back here as soon as possible. A short time passed and it's now pitch freaking black outside. I'm still alone, and my concern for my dad turned into pure panic but I was too afraid to yell or look for him in the pitch black woods where I had just seen it. I sat there for hours terrified and alone in the darkness. Thankfully, he finally returned. He acted as if he had not been gone long at all, and I asked him where he went, and he said he just went for a short walk up the trail, turned around and came back. The timeline made no sense. He was gone for hours. It was unlike him to leave me alone for that long. He was adamant that he had only been gone for 30 minutes. We walked down the trail back to his truck and I couldn't get out of there fast enough. The whole experience still confuses me to this day. What did I see that day? A ghost of an old slave? Maybe one of the enslavers buried in the woods behind me? Something was definitely off about it though. Did my dad go through some sort of time warp and time sped up? I don't know. I just never want to go hunting there again and I don't plan on returning. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true hunting horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that's incredibly helpful. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please be sure to give us a 5-star rating over there as it helps us out a ton on those platforms. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them almost every single day. And all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share, whether it's a hunting story or something else with the woods, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for brand new scary stories to share on the show. And it's greatly appreciated. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium and want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Don't forget to join me over on Twitch, 
Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.